That's what I do when we start our podcast. <laughs> and sings Fresh Prince. Yep. You got How do you start a podcast, Ree? How do I start a podcast? How do I start a podcast? Um, hey. <laughs> hey. Hey. All right, that's the beginning. Cool. That's it. This is our friend, Tree. Hi, Tree. Welcome to our show. You are our first official podcast guest. Uh, who, do, who do I owe the honor? Yourself. <laughs> We're happy that you're here. Tell us a bit happy about yourself. Um, <clears throat> from what perspective? What do I start with? I'm from Akron, Ohio, you know? Okay. Okay. Sure. Um, I'm from Akron, Ohio. Um, born and raised. I uh, had a really fun childhood, I would say. Um, conf- conflicted, complicated, but fun, adventurous childhood. I'm going to change this. Sorry. I'm going to put yeah. it right here because I can be louder than you. Go ahead. You clip it on there. There you go. Perfect. <clears throat> Left there when I was 18 to go to school in North Carolina. So I went to college at North Carolina Anti-State University. Um, really cool experience. Met a lot of like-minded people, a lot of people who weren't, and just like culturally different from me, but still black. It's weird, because I went to an Mm. HBCU, Mm -hmm. so historically black college, university. Um, So you're black, if people are listening (laughs) to the podcast. Yeah, so if you didn't know. Okay, so if you're listening, Tree's black. If you're listening, (laughs) I'm black. black. (laughs) You know, that's another, we should talk, can we come back to that whole thing later? Um, but anyway, went there, um, studied abroad while I was at school. So I lived at, in India and the Dominican Republic, um, while I was in school. I then went home after I graduated, was going crazy, like nuts. Like I'm back home. (laughs) I don't feel like anybody's motivated. I've written, I've written out this entire proposal about how we're going to change the world. <laughs> um, and I ended up coming or moving to Vegas because I was uh, dating someone there at the time who went to UNOV. And then um, I also was trying to get to California to intern at Tom's Shoes mm. so that I could travel on their mm. team that delivered the shoes to, to kids, right? I didn't get that. I, was, I stalked them, by the way. I would visit. I wrote letters. But, I mean, I was like, what, 22, 23? And so I realized that I should have probably had a mentor, mm. like, just kind no of making sure that. How many times did they say no to you? <laughs> Once. Okay. And I was, I took it so personally. <laughs> My heart was so broken that I, uh, I made up all of these excuses as to why I didn't get this internship. Like, oh. Again, because I'm black, because I didn't mm. see any black interns on their website. Like, never. Like, in there, they would have, like, you know, these school picture mm-hmm. versions of, like, their interns. And it was like, at the time, and this is like, you know, less than 10 years ago, but closer to 10 years ago. And so I'm like, oh, it's because of that. And then I realized later, like, okay, it may not be that. You know, I'm just 
hurt, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, so any reason. Um, and anyway, I stayed in Vegas, ended up um, starting a show, a show <laughs> with some friends the next year. And which is what we were talking about earlier, Soul Sessions. We're going on our seventh year anniversary now. So I ended up doing that um, and that ex Vegas has taken me on like a very, very special journey. Um, I don't know who I would be had I not gone mm -hmm. to Vegas. Yeah. You know, um, I have to say I started my spiritual journey around 16, 17, but. Okay, can we get into that? Because I have some yeah. questions about that. Okay, cool, cool. Yeah, so about 16, <clears throat> 17, I mean, I was like, you know, you're, you're party teenager still, like I still had, like, I had a lot of fun as a teenager, <laughs> you know? A lot of house parties, a lot of alcohol, a lot of cannabis, um, and just late nights, right? That was my teenage life. Blunts. I got the difference between yeah. blunts and joints <laughs> between these two. Mm. Yeah. I was a big blunt smoker in my day as well. I yeah. used to always smoke blunts. We'd go through the drive-thru, get a couple blunt wraps, roll them bitches up. Yeah, <laughs> like blunts were my jam. And trying to get as much, like this one guy, he would roll blunts that were like this big. They were like baseball bats. Like Chrissy's? I, well, I haven't had the, oh, the distinct honor the and joints. privilege of smoking <laughs> a Chrissy blunt or joint, so <laughs> soon. Undia. <laughs> but you said going back, because before, so 16 is when it started, but you were telling me Sunday school is where it really Yeah, started. yeah, yeah. Okay, so I really loved Sunday school. I can't remember the name of the church. Maybe it was called the House of the Lord, I think. <laughs> Seems like a good name for the church. Seems like a good name, right? Seems like a church name. <laughs> So, um, yeah, so I really loved Sunday school, but I couldn't stand church, you know? I was like, oh, when's the preacher going to stop talking, you know, kind of thing. It's boring to me. But um, I really enjoyed, like, being there to mingle with friends and just to talk to the guy who ran Sunday school and, like... So I always had this deep connection to Christ, like, mm. what Christ represented. <clears throat> but I had all these questions about the Bible, like... You know, that doesn't make any sense. But Christ does. Mm. God does. Mm -hmm. A lot of these stories make sense in a different context or metaphorically mm. or metaphysically. I mean, that wasn't my first thought at 16, but you know what I mean? Yeah. Over time. When I uh, left to go to the Dominican Republic, I had a friend who was also studying abroad. Um, and she was an atheist. And I had got to know her before I knew she was an atheist. And at the time, um, you know, because who knows what a 19-year-old is thinking. Like, I don't know. Like, do you become friends with an, athe an atheist, you know? Mm -hmm. I don't know. Teenage problems, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> so anyway, I talked to her about it, and she exp explained to me why she was an atheist. And it made so much sense. I'm like, ah, oh, get it. You know, so now it's like I developed this belief that, you know, people weren't People who claimed to be atheists just didn't believe in the system of religion. Mm. You know, God didn't have anything to do with it. Christ didn't have anything to do with it. Uh, any, I mean, we can go down the line, any religion, and take out the prophet or the person who was giving prophecy. Um, and 
we could sort of separate the text from that. But the text is not separate from it either. It's interesting um, to explain or describe. But um, I found that to be like expansive for me at the time. Like, whoa, okay. So a lot of my beliefs were validated at that time because I knew that I didn't have an issue. Like, it doesn't make any sense, <laughs> you know? Um, so then at, at, I started to dissect as many religions as I could that mm-hmm. I knew at the time to- of at the time. So went down the line. Catholicism, I think I started with Catholicism because they were just historically just, I can't believe it. <laughs> you know, just some <laughs> of the stuff that happened like in the name of God <laughs> due to Catholicism. I'm like, okay, let's start here because we could, you know, Christianity, Christianity is an, uh, ex- um, what's the word? Um, Expression or uh, expression or extension, extension, extension of that. So it's Judaism, okay. I mean, even though it come, it's different. But um, so it's Islam kind of like comes from mm-hmm. these same branches. So I started to study, you know, Judaism, uh, Catholicism, Christianity and all of that. Um, and we say study because you're quite the mind and quite the researcher. So I not just you read one book. No, I, the way that I learned is very interesting. So I, did, I read many books, um, but I also just had conversations with people. You know, um, <clears throat> I sort of allowed my connections to help me co- correlate a lot of these ideas and conversations with people and going to lectures. I went to see so many people speak. Okay. Um, and just, you know, I feel like experience is the best way to learn. Like, you know, we can read all we want and reading is great because people leave those. Those are artifacts, right? Um, But depending on what type of material you're reading, it's opinion-based, you know? So I knew that religion is very much like your opinion, Mm -hmm. you know? So it really takes getting out and mingling with the people because not all people are the same, even if they identify with the same thing. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, okay. um, And this is a period of how many years? Of studying? Of all, you know, from all these religions. The deep dive into religion. The deep dive in probably from the time I was 19, 20. Probably a good four years. Okay. A good four or five years. And could you give us just what was on that list? Christianity? Yeah, Christianity, Judaism, um, um, Islam, um, Buddhism, Sikhism, Hinduism. Uh, Rastafari, Rastafarianism, I don't really know how to say that one, um, kind of, it was like less, I didn't need to read so much, you got it, like mm. in a sentence, in a nutshell, it's like, okay, <laughs> you know, it's like Christianity, except way more free, like mm. less limiting, mm. um, more respectful, environmental, um, I thought it had a very unique environmental element to mm-hmm. it, um, and Obviously, Jesus isn't white, you know, so like it's a completely different like cultural switch with similar ideas. Well, Jesus isn't white. Yeah, Jesus isn't. (laughs) Did you resonate? You know, did you ever attach to any of these? Like, oh, I'm in on that one. um, Oh, well, Selassie, that's we have. Let me say that before the listeners like, yeah, you know, want to tie that in. That's kind of like a whole different thing. But. Did I, uh, I'm sorry, repeat Did the question. Did you ever go, oh, that one, I want more of that one? 
Like, did you identify as any of the ones? Mm. Um, in a sense, I was looking more so to not be religious and make correlations between all of them. <clears throat> so, yeah, I mm -hmm. guess grab from all of them and say, hey, okay, this is the world. This is how we coexist. You know, the next year, actually, following that, how I got deeper into the study is when I went to India. And that really, like, sparked off, like, wow, just through observation, you know. Um, so many different types of people there, um, religiously, and they all looked the same or similar, mm -hmm. right? And I thought it was such an interesting thing to observe because you have this class system, say like if you're lighter, you're darker, or you come from a family of musicians, so that's what you do your entire life, mm -hmm. or you come from a family of servants, so that's what you do your entire life, and those people tend to be darker. Mm -hmm. And you know, then there's like the whole Islam, Hindu debate, or was, I'm not sure how it is now, where it's like, you know, a lot of people my age at the time had a um, difficult time befriending, like Indians I would mm -hmm. make friends with. If, they, if there was another Indian who was Muslim um, or vice versa, they, they wouldn't know if they should befriend this person. Mm. And I thought it was weird because they looked so, you like look alike. Mm -hmm. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? I mean, that's, that's one thing to identify. Like, like, at least in America, like, it's great to have, let me repeat, let me rethink this. Diversity is beautiful. But when you can see like a direct reflection of yourself, it kind of makes it easier mm, to, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? Like it's this pattern. It's like, oh, we're the same. It kind of makes it easier to call out the bullshit. Yeah. You know, it's like we're all confused because we don't know like how different are we, how similar. Mm -hmm. are we? But it's like, no, we're like on a physical level, at least. It's like no, we look exactly the same. Um, but you're not. We're not the same. I'm so con that's confusing to me. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? So, um, yeah, I met uh, so many people. I watched a death on uh, in Varanasi where I stayed for a month studying this poet named Kabir. And Kabir was, forgive me on the year, either 15th or 16th century poet. I, I can't remember the, you know, the time period, but. Um, he was uh, he was a similar to Christ or Buddha, any of these people, but not as well known. Mm -hmm. um, he grew up in a, a Muslim family, but in a Hindu like dominant society, and not wealthy at all. <clears throat> Didn't have education or access to education, et cetera, et cetera. And one day he met a um, a monk, something like a monk, um, someone like a monk. And this this monk happened to be, or teacher happened to be, a Hindu who taught him, like who sat with him and taught him everything that he knew about life. And he started to just preach this ideal that you know we're all one. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Type of thing, you know, like you can wear all the bracelets and the, you know, these are there are these sadhus in India. They're like these men who have long locks, <clears throat> and they wear like malas and 
they're mostly naked. Um, he would make references to that in his poetry where, you know, just because you dress in this doesn't make you holy sort mm -hmm. of thing. Not like attacking anyone, but like what you wear doesn't mean that you're better. Mm. Um, especially at the time, if you were Hindu, you had access to education. If you were Muslim, you didn't, you were poor, you know? So he was a very interesting study because I found his, you know, any philosopher or prophet, I find that their, their content or their hearts all like intersect. It's mm -hmm. all like we're having the same conversation from a, in a different time period, from a different perspective, culturally and linguistically. And um, it's just so much to dissect, you know? So I started to just, you know, I, uh, I stayed at a, in a rural town when I was in India with this family on a farm. Best food I ever had, by the way. And I stayed in one of their like outhouses, which was really like a barn kind of looking, not a barn, I don't know, something like it. And one night, these mice or rats just like flew across my face, just like, just, and I was like, ah, freaking out. But I kind of like was in shock, so I like paused. And apparently the same place is where they kept peanuts. Mm. And, and you know, so they had like an issue with. But I was also in a rural, air, rural town where everything was like, you know, you brush your teeth outside, you know, food is grown and cooked outside. You know, when you take a bath, you have to fill up a bucket and et cetera. And that was kind of like my whole experience in India, the bucket thing. But um, which I think is cleaner, by the way, mm. when you use the bathroom with like and you rinse yourself. I still do that to this day because <laughs> because of that. But um, anyway, so were you there going? Well, you said to me the other day, what was your biggest discovery in the study of all these? Observe, observing. Is that what I said? That and then <clears throat> what was more uh, the commonality instead of the differences? Okay. So I became an observer after watching a, the cremation of a woman who her face, I mean, she was dead, obviously, but her face was just so still that I was like, this is quite peaceful. You know, death is quite peaceful, you know, <clears throat> something we should celebrate. And then watching her be moved from the water into the fire was like, whoa. So that changed my perspective on everything. That. And then um, I found no difference between the Hindu, the Christian, the Muslim, the Sikh, except for their opinions, you know. I lived with a Sikh family who they were they were pretty well off, and their servant, um, who I was close to, um, wasn't allowed to eat with us. And I'm like, this doesn't make sense. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, the tradition to just keep the that's the way it is type of thing. You know what I mean? <clears throat> this person is what keeps this house up. 
if it weren't for her, mm -hmm. there would be nothing, no food. Your clothes wouldn't be washed. There would be nothing, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? And that, um, that hurt my heart, because I'm like, well, she's taking care of us. She takes care of you. She can't eat at the same table. I get that it's something I, I'm, I didn't culturally grow up in, so I can't even begin to understand. Like, I'm not going to waste my time trying to mm -hmm. understand all of this. But it is weird. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like everything else. So I found out everybody was, that they had the same issues we had, but just with each other. You know, it wasn't like this black and white thing. It's like a skin complexion issue everywhere. Um, and just studying that historically, I knew that too, just from living in the Dominican Republic, because um, <clears throat> they may have it like the worst, like people who don't understand that they're like Afro-Latino, like that they don't have African roots, like how else do you look the way that you do? You know, but it's like, oh, because of the native or indigenous people, who were those indigenous people? Were they just the Native Americans or were they also African people? Or the natives like direct descendants from these people? Like, you know, once you get to discover the history of Mexico, then you find out about the Olmecs and then you find about the, May the Mayans. The Olmecs were these African people. Mayans are like descendants of theirs. And, you know, so they all like group eventually we all sort of like came together. The entire Western hemisphere is like African, European, and some type of indigenous. Um, I use the word indigenous to describe like a Native American or like, you know, Tainos, all of these other people in other places like South America and Central America, um, Native people there who weren't necessarily African, but were. Yeah. Ultimately. <clears throat> So, so why are we fighting with all, why are all these religions at odds with everybody and convinced we're all right? And you're studying them all and yet you're seeing, are they all talking about the same God? Yes. Not, I mean, <clears throat> yes. You know, to them, when you, person, when you personify God, then it becomes a different conversation. Mm. It's like, mm. If I'm raised in the church and I'm thinking God, really like Jesus is our concept of mm -hmm. what God may look like, right, in, in Christianity. So it's like, okay, we know Jesus is the son, but does God look like that? You know, and then you go to, you know, in Jamaica, you look at Selassie, you know, like he is this Ethiopian <laughs> black man and you know or you go to you know you study islam and then you see muhammad <clears throat> and you look at buddha even though buddhism doesn't really like believe in god right um still so it's like we have these even in hinduism like de all of these deities same in africa with like ifa like you have all of these deities but we're talking about different characteristics of this one thing mm. it's sort of like like we all are Right, these entities have just discovered that they've all talked about it, 
And man has created control based off all of that. So once you can control somebody's mind, this is the only way slavery worked. Once you can control, like, someone's mind and, like, the way that we believe, because belief is how we manifest. So if you want to keep people low and vibrating at a low vibration, then you put fluoride in their toothpaste and you create genetically modified seeds and you also edit and give out mixed messages with do in the name of God due mm-hmm. to you know religion like you play on all of these things because it's just a game at the end of the day right it's like just trying to figure it out but it's the easiest way to control people so I love what you said about if you can control their belief, right? Basically, that's what it is. It comes down to even not controlling, even just like impacting or affecting or influencing someone's belief because the power of your belief is really the, the power of the mind, right? Whatever you believe to be true is absolutely true. And there's no one that could say anything different that would change your mind. And so when you know how to manipulate or influence the belief of another person in that way, then that absolutely keeps them at. And it's like, to me, the opposite of belief is fear. And so it's the same energy. It's the same thing on two different sides of the spectrum. And so if you can use fear to influence someone's belief, right, then that's like a double, double dose, double dose of effectiveness, really. And there's so much more things like, yeah, sure, fluoride and toothpaste is one of them. But like, there's so many ways that we are, as a culture, as a global culture, or just as human beings, not even as an American culture or different types of culture, there's so many things that affect our, our resonance, our frequency, and where we live and operate all the time. And so, yeah, like I just, I love what you're, how you're explaining that. It's really good. Well, I mean, the big one in the church is God is there and we're here. Mm-hmm. And like, that distance mm-hmm. and the duality and like earn you know yeah, earn like the yes keep, but you repent, said something mm-hmm. let me hear what Teresa says first because I know your answer of um, the verse because I, I was sitting with a friend and, and this is the how it kind of came up with you where he said he was a part of three different religions at the Christmas dinner table and I said to him how about if you're all talking to the same God and it's just there was never a concept for him to think that that could be true Mm. And then that's, you know, oh, you're a universalist now, Craig. I don't know what I am. Like, don't give me my title. (laughs) I can play in your camp and I can play in your camp. And how about if we're all on the same team? Mm. You know, and I'm posing those questions and you've studied this. Um, So the verse, because Christians are best at throwing a verse that will limit any sort of thinking that is beyond what they've been controlled by. Mm -hmm. And so what about the verse that says, I'm the only way? So... I am the only way. And referencing Jesus, which I can't study any scripture of Jesus without finding him saying, it's never about me and it's always about him. Mm-hmm. And yet in the Christians, I have more DMs asking me about Jesus than I've ever had in my life. Because mm-hmm. there seem to seem lack of me talking about Jesus and not understanding when I talk about God or I talk about what you found in yourself. Like it's all the same thing. But 
they want to prove that this other stuff is wrong in these other religions and, and we're on the winning team. Mm. So how would you say... That verse? How would I interpret it? Yeah, because I... I Clet has a... I want you to show that next. But. Clet and I are the same person, by the way. <laughs> we're the same. Um, I would say that that verse means <clears throat> go within... Only you can walk your journey. Like only I can go mm. within and discover and connect. And and then from there, I can be of service, mm. you know. <clears throat> but the connection to God, to source, to universe, to Allah, to Jah, like any of these terms you want to use, hence going back to we're all having the same conversation is I am the only way as in. This is not separate from me. I am that. Mm. I have to figure this out and discover this or, you know. Um, not Jesus. Yeah, I'm talking. To, well, what are you? You're saying I and I'm asking because Jesus is the only way. Oh, my gosh. I'm getting so excited over here. Well, Jesus <laughs> is. It's only Jesus. Oh, if Where's somebody were to say this? that to me. Yes. I saw that on your page. <laughs> I had to laugh at that. Um, if we it's can... interesting because I don't... Studying Christ. Okay, th- let me tell you how I feel about Christ first. About G- Yeshua. Yeshua. Um, I feel that um, he came in very... From birth, right? I believe that he was a higher dimensional being who came to the third dimensional realm in order to teach love. Right. Simply put, and I think he went on a journey to discover more about how to make this connection and to make it receptive um, or to just connect the dots within himself until he finally um, could do so or figure out what these thoughts, abilities that he had, like how to anyway. So. I feel like he was a um, metaphysicist, for lack of better terms. He understood connection between him and Source. He understood that he was in service to to others. He understood that he was um, one with God and also not more than Mm. or higher than that he was here to serve for a much bigger purpose that was a part of it unknown, but very clear. Um, And with that level of belief and that level of love that he was able to, um, that he, that he contained um, due to belief, he was just that he had that large of effect because he just, it clicked, you know, And so when the language kind of messes us up when we talk about Jesus and the Bible, because we're talking about over 2000 years ago where the, you know, people spoke differently and um, certain verses may not make sense in the same context that we experience them now. And I feel like he. Are you saying that other people said Jesus is the only way or he said that? 
Because I don't feel like he was saying that. The verse that that most, I mean, most, I won't even say complaints. Most questions coming to me right now are like you're talking a lot about yourself. You're talking about uh, your spiritual journey, your awakening, God. Where's Jesus in this? And if we aren't going to include you and this religion and that person, and we're going to all let them have their own relationship with God, outside of Jesus, there's a verse in the Bible that says, Jesus says, I am the only way. He says, no one comes to the Father except through me. Is the scripture reference that we're talking about specifically. Okay. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, no one come because I because then we have to go back to like what was edited and what wasn't mm. for like the king's selfish endeavors. Like who knows? Like I don't. It just doesn't even make sense in comparison to all the other, mm. like the entire scripture. I love what you just said about how when you read the scripture, like I am the way, I am our. Um, be still and know that I am God is a good scripture reference that I like to, that helps me conceptualize this idea because I believe that the scripture is written both in a first and third person dialect. So it's like when you read, I am the way, I'm the truth, the light, then it's, it's Jesus saying these things to you. And then you're also supposed to read it in first person that like, I am the way, I am the truth and the light. And so, um, yeah, that's more of that embodied metaphysical sort of idea of, letting the 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 christ animate you or your being like you step into or you just allow that christ energy of love that's really what it is that christ that christ mind that christ spirit that that unconditional embodiment of love that he was and is you know like i believe that when you sit with the scriptures it's like you can read it in both contexts you can read it as if you're being taught like jesus is telling you this thing but then there's also this understanding that Jesus was saying that, and then when you embody that, then it's like you say that to be still and know that I am God. So Jesus is saying that to you, so I can be still and I can know that Jesus is God. And then I can also read the scripture and say, be still and know that I am God, mm-hmm. and that I am an expression of, of God, that I am that embodiment as well. Because how do you say, explain what you it said, how, how you would... Which one? The, about the father. No one comes yeah, to the father. Me the other day. Yeah, and I don't claim to be right, and so you know, take it or leave it. If you if you like it, great. If you don't, I don't care. <laughs> don't listen to it. And find another podcast. <laughs> listen Somebody to another podcast. <laughs> yeah, but like the way that I look at it is that when he says no one comes to the father except through me, I believe that the the reason for Jesus and for the Christ to come to Earth at the time that he did was so that humanity could embody. God could embody source, could have a, such a intimate and connection to God. You know, like a lot of, I've heard people say before, like all the other religions are a human effort to get to God and Christianity is the God effort to get to humans. Right. Mm -hmm. So I've heard that one before and I'm like, okay, I can, that makes sense. I can get down with that. That makes, I can wrestle with that one a little bit. And I don't know Mm -hmm. as much about the other religions as you do. So, um, you know, don't quote me on that, but I just totally lost my train of thought. What was the scripture? Oh, yeah. No one comes to the Father except through me. So, like, I believe that that's true. But I don't believe that it takes your personal mental belief with your brain to say as a human being that I believe in Jesus and therefore I come to the Father. I think that when Christ died on the cross and said, no one comes to the Father except through me and he is the redeemer of all the souls of the universe, like, I don't necessarily believe that 
it's on the conditions that the church says that it's like if you have to believe, you know, because it's like, well, what about all the people that don't know? What about all the people that don't understand? What about all the people that don't have access to scripture? Why are they just damned to hell because they didn't grow up in a world where or in a culture where Christianity is, you know, spoon fed on Sundays, followed by a, a buffet lunch. And so it's like to me. I believe that Jesus is the embodiment of God, the human form of God, as both an example that we can also align to. We can align to the consciousness of Christ. I also believe that he came as a way to end karmic patterns and cycles and all that stuff. And and he came to, yeah, to save the souls, regardless of whether you believe in it. And so I believe if you've had an encounter with God one way or another, through any religion, through any form of, of worship, like what I was saying last night about wanting to do a global worship, we'll talk about that, but <laughs> like, if I believe that if you, if you have an encounter with God of any kind, one that leaves you speechless, one that leaves you in tears, one that leaves you laying on the floor realizing I'm so human and damaged and broken, but I'm so fucking loved, you know, like if you have an encounter like that, you've done so through Jesus. Like that was the, his purpose was so that we as human beings could experience the love of God, which is so beyond our tiny brain comprehension that Jesus kind of came to pave that way, to show us how it can be done, to give us the scriptures and to give us the truth of love. And so, you know, so I don't know, that's just kind of, no one comes to the father except through me. And it's like, I think that. Unless yeah. he was saying, like you said, the third person and yeah, first person. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But you don't have to come to, it doesn't have to be with your brain. It's a, it's an energy or, thing. Or a prayer or, I mean, because the church is all, I mean, all this religion is all control. Right. Okay, do this, do this, operate like this, get in. Mm-hmm. I mean, but the thought, the thought of, if I don't do it this, I mean, the, the whole missionary move, like the whole missionary, I was one, I went to Venezuela as a kid, I went to here and bought into the bullshit belief that, they need us mm. and they need this white gospel over there, you know, and, and it's not true. You know, I, th- I think if God put us here, like, like that's not what we're sp- like, like, I don't think those things matter. And I think we might be getting in our own way when we go do that, instead of you sitting there learning from these other mm. religions, learning from what they do, you know, in the culture over there, asking questions and then from sunday school to now like your belief what would you identify as or what would you say is the key to finding god hmm. do you identify with any of these groups that you've or or how have you found it yourself or is it or is it something you find and not find it's less of a search hmm it's more of a beingness. Like, I don't feel like I have to go somewhere to find God. Or I don't even refer to God as God anymore. Mm-hmm. But I use the term to relate because there's no point in me making it harder. You know what I mean? It's like if we're having the conversation, then act like that. Mm-hmm. You know? What you refer um, to? Source? Source. And you creator. told me why. What? Um, I refer to to God as source because it's a less um, it's had less of the negative stimulation Mm -hmm. in society people have fought over the word God 
-hmm. You know, so when we use this term, like, though it means the same thing as we mean it when we talk about creator, is um, it's just been so abused. Yeah. And so it's like, and people feel so differently about right. it that it's this massive distortion. Right. So when you use it, you could just get more accurate in the vibration by using the word source right. or, okay. or creator. That's all. But I mean, you can still use God, like whatever, you know, but uh, for me, it's just like doesn't do the job mm. when I say it. Yeah. It doesn't get across in feeling for me as it would for somebody else. Um, but if somebody knows, I know you, I know from the first day I met you, you know, God in a very deep way. Um, that I was attracted to in a sense of like, I, I've got a lot of questions, you know, like, because it's like, you get it, but it's like getting it like, so, and it's not, how about if the, it isn't what we all thought it was? Mm. Well, that's the truth. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's funny because we fight over God and, and the words and the language and the name and what it is and what it's not and who can come to God and who can't and what happens when you die and what doesn't. And like, we fight over all of these things yet the concept or the entity of God or source, or universe, or light, or the energy of love, or whatever, like, this thing is so far beyond language, as we know, so, yeah. right? It's so <laughs> far beyond language that there is no words that, can, that can, you can conceptualize it, right? And so the funny thing is, is those who know this, like, with their being, truly know that God, or source, is something that cannot be described with words. It cannot be contained in the word God or in the word anything. We don't need to fight about it. You know, like, I don't care what you call it because I know that you know the same thing. I don't care what anybody calls but it, you how know. Come we're in a culture obsessed. The moment we went from, uh, you know, this isn't a Christian cannabis podcast. It's mm -hmm. cannabis is spiritual. I think so a lot of people spend a lot of, like, I think we've been conditioned to believe that our spiritual life is what our brain believes with our conscious thinking mind, right? And so we mm. create an entire faith, an entire spiritual spirituality or whatever you want to call it with our brain. And it's like we can't experience God with our brain because it's so far beyond human comprehension. It cannot be experienced with the brain. And so a lot of people who are devoutly devoted to their religion you know, like I would, to me, if they, if you are encountering and experiencing God in a true and real way, regardless of how you're doing that, whether it's through an organized and structured religion, whether it's through a spiritual practice of meditation or whatever, whether it's through crystals or ceremony or plant medicine or whatever, it does not matter. Like if you're truly experiencing God, then that is spiritual. That is where the knowing comes from. And if you're not truly experiencing God, like if you haven't had an experience that has left you weeping and like so blown away in the magnitude of what God truly is, then you have ascribed to um, a, a way of thinking more so than a, a experiential belief or drawing towards something. Like my faith comes from my knowing of God and how deeply intimately i i know god right and so that energy is what draws me to continue to follow in whatever god's laying out for me but i think a lot of people don't have that understanding because there's so much fear 
around what does it mean to be spiritual, you know? And like the spirituality, the definition of being spiritual or, or to me, spirituality is just a, a journey inward, yeah, right? You can't know, know God if you right. can't know yourself. If you don't know who the fuck you are, there's no way you're going to be able to come to the Lord. Like it just can't happen. It can't. And so, yeah, like a spiritual journey is just one to know yourself. And in knowing yourself, you will know God. And that kind of goes back to the scripture because I feel like that's also what it could be saying. Mm-hmm, absolutely. Yeah. Um, it's knowing thyself yeah, mm-hmm. no, I, you know i don't think we need to put pra- tree on the prayer chain i think we do from the oh <laughs> you've lost your like i i think you get it and everybody gets to be on the prayer train no but prayer there's a chain. sense of like and that's what I, I i haven't studied i mean i took one world religion class in right. college and then i've been around a lot of different at christian college yeah, at Christian college. Right. Of, so, but even, if I just think about that. You took one world religion class at a Christian to college. To get my degree in my Christian, yeah. Right. And a lot of other fucking classes on, you know, all the stuff that we're right on. Right. But it's just like, you've studied this. So for me, the fascinating part is like, you've been around the world. You've seen this stuff. And so, but for my good friend who doesn't think at his dinner table that his family is connected by the same God, and yet they spend most of their time arguing or shoving down the conversations Mm -hmm. about God because religion has just completely fucked that thing up. Mm. And that's where I go, oh, no, like, but why is this? Well, if the fear, like, if because if they're wrong, right, like, if you've ascribed to a religion and then it ends up that you're wrong, then it's, that's a scary thing. And so this is why I believe a lot of people feel like they have to defend and that is fine. Like if that's the position that you need to take is that they have to defend their religion um, instead of being able to be open and accepting of other people. Cause it's like, well, we can't both be right yeah. in this mindset. And it's like, but you can both be right. If, and you, if you know God, then you know that you're both right in that way. Right. And tree's gotta go. But <laughs> one question about cannabis, how has cannabis helped you and uh, you and God or played a part of, your time probably later on because um, I've been smoking since I was about 15 14 15 I don't know mm-hmm. but we won't get into that here <laughs> okay. if mom, you know, if just, oh it's okay, okay. <laughs> uh, probably when I had my first edible um, it's when I realized like whoa you know because the 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 prayer is deeper the meditation is is deeper um i love for some reason um i was told this by a friend of mine a while ago that um when we talk about cannabis and we think about places in which it grows really like abundantly and beautifully and <clears throat> all that like in jamaica for example mm-hmm. Um, we think about the sun and like the music, like how reggae is like, that's the music of cannabis. Mm-hmm. Like that's what it vibrate. That's its vibration and like the sun. And it's something about the interaction between the sun and smoking or just being, you know, THC, um, that works so well together chemically, mm-hmm. um, that it creates this light psychedelic feel and like, creative energy this happiness this joy so i feel like you know with respect to the plant 
just it's a very joyful mm-hmm. plant and just knowing discerning that moment yeah. you know i mean we abuse it a lot in society uh but just knowing how to really work best with this plant yeah, yeah. um it's totally a like a very light psychedelic yeah you know um, and i tell people a lot of times like it doesn't matter what you believe or what you practice but just bring cannabis to it and see what happens you know just a lot of people I heard someone say something and it was like, is it okay to pray while you're smoking? No, no. Is it okay to smoke while you're praying? Fuck, I fucked it up. And they're like, no, you can't pray while you're smoking. That's horrible. No, you can't pray while... Anyway. <laughs> Damn that. But you told me. That's the you best, get what I'm saying? Best, I know. I, okay. Is it okay best, to but... smoke while you're praying? And they were like, no, you could never do that. That's horrible. That's an abomination. That's blah, blah, blah. Okay, but what about if you pray while you're smoking? And they're like, oh, yeah, that's a lot. <laughs> it's like, okay. Did I do it right? I can't remember. Something. Anyway, something we like get that. get it. Just, br- just bring some cannabis to whatever it is that you do, you know, and just, like, see what happens. And just, yeah. just ask God to show you. Ask Source to show you. Ask whatever name you want to put here. Just be like, just go in Smoke some weed and go in to yourself. See what you find. You'll find out. So last question, Tree. Um, what is your role here? What, what is your... Uh, explain your how you're connected. Wait, I with guess, you guys? Yeah, I guess your employee number... I'm employee number one. He's employee number one. So, so she's employee number... <laughs> I call Craig employee number no, one. No, but like, yeah. What, what, uh, you, what? what are you Employee on? number one. I know you have to get back to Vegas. Are you our first light therapist, supposedly? Yes. Apparently. Apparently that. Apparently, I am um, the first light therapist yes. of bring me <laughs> to the well, not bring take me, me to the light. light. Of taking me to the light. Yes, ma'am. It's like a song. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Do you want me to go into that, or I just yeah, well. How would you even explain that? Hmm. Okay, so we're working with this really cool device called the Achana Light. And um, the high quality LED lights or, you know, lamp or lights in the lamp um, create or trigger such a high dopamine and serotonin release in the body due to the speed and the uh, the pattern and the intensity of the light uh, without the heat. Um, allowing people to have this very visual experience um, and connect with something that they didn't know they could, mm. that they would ever experience. Like, I mean, unless you're into psychedelics, you know, but even this can be way more visual than like psychedelic if depending on the person. Um, <clears throat> helping to reprogram the subconscious mind um, through sound and pattern, visual pattern. Um, and guiding people through those experiences. So, you know, really truly making a connection with the person and, you know, um, getting to know what type of state of mind they're in where they are in their hearts and, you know, asking them questions about their psychedelic history. Now, granted, I'm no doctor. Mm. Uh, Next part two, we're going to talk about psychedelics. Yeah. (laughs) And I have to clear some things up from (laughs) 
from this conversation. But um, yeah, connecting with them on that level, and then you know them coming out of it and sharing their experience, and um, you know being able to give what I can based off my experience. And I was telling Colette um, from the other day when she's when she was in ceremony with us how. Um, how nice it was to have to have been taken care of so well. Mm. And so like being able to observe that in her <clears throat> at the same time looking for more ways to be of service myself. Yeah. I was able to apply that like into my like beingness so that I could because now I know because I experienced what I wanted. Mm. You know like okay this is I want to be of service in this way. I just don't, it doesn't feel quite that authentic yet. You know, so feeling my way towards the authenticity of mm-hmm. like complete like surrender. And she gave me a clue of what that was. And so I was able to say, okay, cool. I got it. It feels this way when you mm-hmm. do this or when you interact with someone like this yeah. in this space. And so just being able to be present for people. Um, answer as many questions as I can. So, um, yeah, that's you're that's an excellent a light, light therapist. therapist. Yes, you so are by far our best light therapist. Yes. <laughs> the <Yes>. only. <laughs> uh, but we're excited that you're leading the the charge on that because soon there will be more light therapists, and right. so we will have to refer to our resident light expert, which is are you. Are you guys creating a religion? <laughs> a light religion. Of no, it's not. Okay, I was just no, it's definitely not. <laughs> you could tell Nobody even thought of that. I know. Yes. <laughs> I'm like, why do we even no, have to bring that into into the conversation? Created on this podcast. No, right. no, no. All right. Well, no. thanks for talking. I have. I could ask you questions for more days, but next time. Thank you for being our first guest. Thank you for having yeah. me. It's our honor. It's been an honor. Yeah. It's been such an honor to be here and to be to not even think about work yeah you know except for this type of work um it's not even work it's play <laughs> one last thing i want to say is like when you when you when one experiences love like mm-hmm. not like your old yeah i love this person yeah that's my mom mm-hmm. yeah i love this person yeah that's that's my boyfriend or my girlfriend or my husband or wife or um you know, um, sort of that same thing you feel for a child, like when people give birth to their children, they feel like this really expensive, mm-hmm. like crazy love, like to know source mm. in that way, to know how unconditional love is to experience that is to know thyself so deeply mm. and to know creator and to not know creator as mm. well. And to still be figuring things out and fully like surrender to that is like the best thing I've ever experienced and is why people are drug addicts and is why people, you know, these are trying to get back to the space where people naturally come from, but don't Mm -hmm. know it. And just to be able to give that to people is like fully like I'm excited for that, yeah. you know, to be able to give people that love, like, whoa, to really 
look into my eyes and be like, I love you. Like, mm. I mean it. And it's not sexual and it's not mm. all of these things that we've been conditioned through yes. programming to think that that means that. Yes. Yeah. You know, it's like, no, this is like love for real. Love for real. That's what people are missing. Yeah. And that's why we're so guarded. And that's why we're so blocked. And that's why it's hard to receive. And that's, right. and all of the wounds just build on top of it yes. through trauma and whatever. And it's like, and all of the external, the people have done this to me and blah, blah, blah. And it's really like reprogramming, hmm. getting rid of the old programs. And how do you do that? We're here to give you tools in order to do that. Yes. Here to give you so. It's good. It's really good. We didn't even get you to do any poems or spoken word. <laughs> we'll do that next time. She's got a lot in there. I'm figuring out, and I don't know everything, so please fact check. Yeah. Fact <laughs> check me. <laughs> I, that's such a funny point too, because I feel like people get very, very outraged by things that are said or put online. And it's like, just because it's said doesn't mean you have to buy in. Like, you don't have to buy into anything that we talk about on here. (laughs) But you also don't have to listen, you know? And so it's like, yeah, like. But why wouldn't wouldn't you? you, If you're listening, if you're intrigued, I think it's because all the things that you've been listening Mm -hmm. to, they might have stopped resonating or landing or going, wait. Like, why did, yeah, I mean, I have a flame on the back of my leg. <laughs> this one. <laughs> it's his I version don't of know a if I believe in hell right now. <laughs> like, I don't think there's a physical hell, and mm. yet I have a flame on the, like, that's funny. Like, I mean, it's well, kind of silly. Like, if this is hell, this is great. Yeah. yeah then you know what I mean? Yeah. This is the worst. This that is the worst gets. it's going to be. Yeah. yeah sure. Yesterday but, was the worst. That it, it's the worst it can it's get. It's the worst it can get. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so, but it's okay. I think. When you have new information, mm. you, you talk about like even kids are an upgrade of like the last, like mm. we have more information today than we had five years ago or 10 years mm-hmm. ago or 20 years ago when we were in our parents, you know, homes at 20, 20 for you, but like it's new information and new discoveries and you're allowed to have new thoughts mm. and evolve as a human. And even if that means you might say some things that maybe go against some of the things that you used to say or right. you don't know. Like, I don't know, but why right. do we even care if there's a heaven or a hell? Why are we not worried about today? And, right. But yet I was in that world where I just grew up with, well, yeah, I don't want people to go to hell. So I made a t-shirt and said fireproof <laughs> and then I put it on the back of my leg. I'm fireproof. And then somebody made a song and then all of a sudden you have these kids singing this thought of like not wanting to go somewhere. Like, right. why are we even worried about that? And... I like what you have to say. Yeah, I think it's smart. It's, Good. you don't, I wouldn't even say you don't have to fact check it. Yeah. Cause like everyone's fact checking. If you're in the fact checking mindset, yeah. I don't want to say you don't know God, but you don't understand this conversation. Right. It has nothing to do with facts. Right. And it I mean, but every- even with this kind of stuff, people have their own opinions. I know friends of mine who would explain what I just said way differently. Mm-hmm. We're still having the same conversation, yeah. but they may go into more laws, like, you know, more mathematics, more exacts, you know, Um, and even a way for me to look at it differently. Mm. Yeah. 
<clears throat> yeah, I think if you find out a lot of us are saying the same thing, having a different way to art, that's why I love hearing other people articulate it. Like, I've been sitting under a monk for the last two months, and I told my friend, I think he's the most connected person to Source that I've ever met in my life. Mm. It, at least in my interactions and what I'm receiving from him. And then somebody says, but is he a Christian? No, he's, no, he doesn't, <laughs> I, no, he's a monk, but like, he's in, so, my monk friend, is, right. he a is he a Christian? Yeah, and so why do we all have to be the same, right. you know, and that, that whole thing is like, if we can rid us, ourselves of that conversation and get to who's connected to source and who's not, but yet you'd find that there's not a who's not, like mm-hmm. we're all connected, mm-hmm. Despite of like our atheist friends are connected, mm-hmm. our Muslim friends are connected, our Christian friends are like, but why we can't, why we think our connection to God is like, and I say why we, and I would say with the friends of mine that identify as Christians, that we're the only ones that have figured out mm. the right thing. And it's not about mm. being right or facts. It's just the, the knowing, the knowing you can listen here and see that we have this knowing and sense of self and God and how that's connection. And you can find that too. Like it's in you. It's in, yeah. it's not inside your church <clears throat> book manual that right. says do this and on the count of three, receive it. And then it's there. Like that's just. Right. And then for people to create any type of separation between you and another person, but then you and God. And like, that goes back to what you were saying, like God's here and we're here. Uh, or it's like, oh, well, yeah, but you're special or you're different or I don't have that same access or I can't do that thing or look at you and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, we're all exactly the same. We're all just a different expression of God. God is just experiencing itself through all of us all the time. Right. It's our ability or, yeah, our ability, not in any effort or striving, but it's just a remembrance. It's just a releasing and a let going of being able to identify, I see God in you. 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 And basically that's God. It's namaste. This is the term from yoga, right? The God in me honors and sees the God in you. So it's like, yeah, I mean, God's just experiencing itself as humans, 8.7 billion different humans. It just wanted to experience life and what it's like to be every range of human. And so when you start to look at people that way, I saw, you know, someone said something, I've seen it on a meme, like pretend that everyone you meet is God in drag. And it's like, that's so accurate. It couldn't even be more accurate. It's not even pretend. It just is. Like, yeah, you get to be the hands and feet of Jesus. The, like in Christianity, we talk about that a lot. But it's still like, oh, I'm just the hands and just the feet of Jesus. So like, I'll put my hands and my feet here. I'm going to walk here and I'm going to do this thing and, and do this in an effort of, of Christ or in the name of Jesus. But it's like, you're the, you're the full embodied Christ, right? Come as love. Come as unconditional kindness. Come as complete acceptance. That's the consciousness of Christ. There it is. I. Thanks, Tree. Thank you. I am that. You are that. I am that. I am. I am. You are that. You are. Yes. I am. Cheers. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Love you.